For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. At 10 minutes before, actually 9 minutes before the top of the hour, and we need every bit of it with the president of the Atlantic City Board of Education, John Devlin. John, I want to go back to the, and we have a few other things we want to talk about that, that I sort of teed up right before the break, but I want to go back to the budget because the board you did your due diligence, you voted it down, but then it gets overturned. Was there, was there communication? Was there collegiality? Did you, did, I mean, was there any communication from the county or did they just overturn your action? Absolutely just overturn the action. I got the letter on the 14th. I think it was dated the 11th, May 11th. Um, and the letter, I mean, you read it, it basically said that we should have had another meeting, um, prior to the 14th, but I mean, that was, you know, so wait, wait, whoa, 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 this is me asking since nobody says that John's being a wise guy or anything. And I do have the letter, uh, right here on my desk. The letter is dated the 11th. You're told that you should have a meeting before the 14th. When did you get the letter dated the 11th? I was from our solicitor on the 14th well that's ridiculous you got a letter with no time i'm telling you when this kind of stuff happens it's really creepy and i don't want to come down on anybody too heavy but when people send out it's like it was like the the absentee ballots uh because of COVID 19 the governor said it's not gonna be 45 days it's gonna be 25 days then judge mendez said all all ballots have to be out by this date uh i think it was the 24th of april and they didn't, even, they didn't even start going out until the 28th or the 29th of April. And the darn election's on May 12th. And, of course, they sent them to uh, Camden County without enough postage. So then people didn't get them till Thursday or Friday. And some people never got their ballot at all in time for the election. And then it was too late to get the county to get you another one. They said, oh, no, we can't get you one now. It's too late. So they, they held on every deadline uh, that disadvantaged the voter. They didn't meet any de- deadlines or state statutes that are for the voters' protections. And now you get a letter on the 14th that says you need to have a meeting before the 14th. Ha, ha, ha. But I won't even get you my letter uh, until after the deadline I set. That shouldn't sit very well with you, John. I don't think it sets well with me, anybody on the board, or, you know, quite frankly, any of the residents and parents in the Atlantic City Board of Education and in the city of Atlantic City. Um, sadly, I, I never received a phone call from the county superintendent, um, no kind of direction, zero communication, zero transparency. And, you know, with that, there's a problem with that. You know, uh, at the end of the day, we're all trying to work together. We should be working together on the same page to produce a good product. And uh, Hey, listen, I, you know this. I've been following uh, county superintendents for my entire broadcasting career. And as you also know, uh, I was a board member. I knew Dr. Nay. I knew the other county superintendents. They were never like this. You always, even if you didn't like what was going to happen, there was always dialogue. No, there's no dialogue whatsoever. I didn't, you know, Harry, I keep my phone on 24-7. I I answer my phone in the middle of the night sometimes. Listen, I knew you had a late night and I texted you at like 7.25. So I can attest to that. You're, you're, you're accessible. And, and at the end of the day, uh, I didn't receive uh, that. And I wasn't, you know, 
basically was handed a letter and, and the actions were taken, which is honestly disenfranchises not only the board members, disenfranchises the, the residents of Atlantic City. Because, you know, first and foremost, we're there for the children, but we're also there for the taxpayers. And we're also, you know, we're, we're trying to do our due diligence and to simply just overturn the budget without any kind of explanation other than a letter is, is to me, is, is terrible. Here's what I think, uh, and I want to go in the five minutes that we have to what I think was really an example of excellent preparation and practices and, and really leadership because Atlantic City gets a rap sometimes that, oh, you don't plan enough and, and criticized for execution or this and that and the other. But Atlantic City, and we broke it, as you know, was the first to announce that you would close. You got 7,000 Chrome books loaded with six weeks, and that's six school weeks. That's not just six calendar weeks. So that's phenomenal of uh, curriculum. And now you know that remote learning is going to be at least for the remainder of this school year. It really was, I thought, a shining moment for Atlantic City uh, to be such a, a leader. Uh, and then, and remember, uh, John, everybody started following right after you all made your decision. That's correct. Yeah, we were the first one out of the gate here. So you did the right thing. So congratulations for that. Uh, as board president, John, uh, what can you say relative to how has remote learning gone? Because I think in some districts around the country, we hear terrible things like children getting lost, not getting really their homework done, and because of not the structure of the classroom, having a lot of problems. How has it gone for Atlantic City? You know, uh, I just want to say this. Barry, uh, our superintendent, and his administration have gotten a lot of scrutiny for spending over the years. But I'll tell you, um, when when they bought these Chromebooks, I think it's the best thing that ever happened because we were not only prepared, um, we were able to initiate this whole process of giving, putting these Chromebooks in the hands of 7,000 kids. And it's a testament to uh, our administration, our teachers, and our superintendent, I have to give credit where credit's due. Um, it, it was done in a military manner, Harry. Uh, I think we were in the 98 percentile of the Chromebooks getting out in the first couple days. Um, and not only that, we added hotspots for you know those families that don't have Wi-Fi. We've added hotspots to their equipment where they can operate remotely now. So, um, and not only that, but those Chromebooks. Instead of going home with packets and packets of work like my son does, um, we were able to implement where the the Chromebooks are automatically updated with curriculum, which is you know thank God for technology. It was amazing, and I, again, I got to give credit where credit's due. Hats off to our technology department, our administrators, and our superintendent. And you know, um, it, it was a big testament and showed what kind of stability we really do have here in Atlantic City. John, two-minute drill. Most of the third quarter was already done, so most of the districts are giving grades uh, A through F out for the third marking period, and then districts are doing different things. Ag Harbor Township is going to give out grades for the fourth quarter and for the whole year. Has Atlantic City made a decision on what you're doing with the fourth quarter, whether it's grades or whether it will be pass-fail, or how are you doing that? We haven't made that decision. There's a couple of decisions, obviously, graduation, prom, grades, 
there's some things we're still looking at doing and, and trying to um, <laughs> uh, change some things and motivate certain issues going on throughout the district. But right now we're, uh, we haven't made those decisions yet. John, we're down to 30 so. seconds. Does it look like September is students in the classroom or students remote learning from home, if you had to say? Man, you put me on the spot, Harry. Um, it, it, it's 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 the unknown right now. I, I want to say uh, it's a fifty-fifty shot if the kids are back in the, in the classroom in September. John, let's let's stay close. Great to talk to you. Uh, thanks for your leadership and your partnership. Okay. Uh, have a great day. Have a great one. Thanks. Thanks, Thank Come on, John Devlin, President of the Atlantic City Board of Education. When we come back, this is a really important topic. Churches all over the country want to reopen. They see marijuana shops are open. They see liquor stores are open. All kinds of things. But churches remain closed. Lead Pastor Tim Chambers from the Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township is our honorable guest next on the Hurley in the Morning program. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Connecticut joins the rest of the country. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, the last state to lift coronavirus restrictions today. We've hit those metrics. We're exceeding those metrics. I think we can proceed on a very thoughtful basis. Democratic Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, some stores and offices can open. Restaurants can have outdoor dining, all with limited capacity and social distancing. A nightmare in central Michigan. Two dams failed, leading to flooding that could be nine feet deep in Midland. To go through this in the midst of a global pandemic is almost unthinkable. Governor Gretchen Whitmer urging the 10,000 people who evacuated to wear masks and shelters or if they are staying with friends and family. Also, President Trump just tweeted about Michigan that the Secretary of State has gone rogue in that state, calling a mail-in voting plan illegal, threatening to withhold federal funding. The plan is to mail absentee ballots to all Michigan-registered voters. There is a new development in the Michael Flynn case, the lawyer going after the judge who's not letting the Justice Department drop the case. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has more live. Dave Flynn's attorney, Cindy Powell, is asking an appeals court to remove Judge Emmett Sullivan from the case after he appointed a retired judge to argue against tossing charges of lying to investigators in the Russia probe. Powell told Fox's handy, Judge Sullivan is biased against President Trump's former national security advisor. The law is clear. He doesn't have authority to grant it. He can't appoint a prosecutor himself. The case is over. Judge Sullivan wants to explore the possibility Flynn perjured himself when he withdrew his guilty plea of lying to the FBI. Dave. Rachel, Joe Biden has won another primary, adding delegates from Oregon on his march toward the Democratic nomination. He also took shots at President Trump in a Yahoo town hall for failures in his corona response, asking what in God's name is he doing taking hydroxychloroquine? President Trump says he and his doctor thought it was a good idea as a line of defense from the coronavirus. America's listening to Fox News. Dell Technologies has special business savings right now to help you office everywhere and stay productive. Save up to 45% on desktops, laptops, and do-it-all servers with Intel Core processors. Upgrade to new modern devices with Windows 10 and save on essential electronics. All with free shipping on everything and special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL or visit dell.com slash smallbusinessdeals. 
I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Dos cervezas, por favor! <laughs> Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. We had some wicked wind across South Jersey yesterday, several gusts over 40 miles an hour. Today will be just breezy, quite a bit calmer, but still mostly cloudy and cool too. High temperature of only 59 degrees, a slight chance of a shower creeping in from the southwest. Some clearing tonight and cool again, low of 45. Tomorrow, sunny clouds and probably dry, high of 61. Then we'll warm up to near 70 degrees on Friday, but it'll come with increasing clouds and some scattered rain arriving late day Friday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is four minutes past the hour, and it is my pleasure for the first time to welcome to our program the lead pastor of Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township. Pastor Tim Chambers is here. Quick little preamble. Uh, I've been mentioning this throughout the morning. Churches all over the country, so clearly right here in our beloved Garden State, want to open. Uh I, I believe they're they're constitutionally being denied the right uh, to to assemble. Uh, I I don't like it. I don't agree with it. And when you see things like weed marijuana shops open and liquor stores are open, but and and all kinds of other things, but churches are kept shuttered. Uh, what is it about a church that can they can they do social distancing? I'm sure they can. Uh, can they be safe? I'm sure that it, they can be as safe as a uh, big box store. You see what goes on in there? Uh, so what's the reason behind this? I, I think at this point it, it, it becomes indefensible. I, I also know from my great friend Alexa D'Amato Barrera that lead pastor Tim, they have a plan. They have a plan to respect the different guidelines that are in effect and we're going to hear about it right now. Pastor Tim, welcome to Hurley in the Morning, sir. Hey, Harry. It's good to be on with you today. Good to be on with you. Thank you for your leadership. And uh, let me turn it over to you, because I know that um, a lot of times in life people just talk and they don't offer substance. So I'm a big believer if you bring up something that you want to be resolved, you have to offer solutions. So you not only want your church to be back open, you and your parishioners and anybody that you've put together to work on this, you've come up with a plan, I understand, to be able to do that. Please share your plan. Yeah, so we've been in this 10 weeks now. I mean, we were probably one of the first churches in the area to just honor what the state was asking and, and you know, go digital and you know, honestly, we've learned a lot of things. There have been a lot of beneficial things that we've gotten from it. But, you know, 10 weeks into it, you begin to realize that 
there there are needs that your your people in your church have and people in your community and they they desperately need the church and um you know and i want to make this clear i mean the only thing that's closed is the building our church is alive and well and many churches are alive and well um but we're being limited the opportunity to meet together and limited the opportunity to um uh, show that we can be responsible I, you know almost every week i go into a place like lowe's and and you know, the place is jam-packed, and even though they have some guidelines in place, I mean, it's still uh, no safer than what I believe we could provide in our place, in our location, on a regular basis. And so, uh, along just watching many other churches and many great friends around the country, we've, we've put together some plans and some ideas that I believe that, that could make our place a very safe a place. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be ideal for what you'd want week to week, but it would be an opportunity for, for people to gather together, people who need the church. And I guess I, I, I would want our governor to realize the people that are speaking into him that, that, that church is not just essential. Church is quintessential. It is, it's above and beyond that. Um, it, it's there to help meet the needs of people on a relational level, on a spiritual level. We deal with people with addictions and and uh, marriage issues, those things are being highlighted and compounded during this time. And people need, people need their church. They, they need more than just a digital presence, presence where they can talk to people online. And so, um, you know, we've developed logistics for opening up our church and making sure our church is sanitized in different phases. And, and um, as I hear our governor talk, it, it just appears to me that um, I don't. I don't know who's speaking into him in regards to church, but churches aren't like schools. It's a very different uh, bird to deal with. And you know, if we were reopening, we obviously would not uh, have established children's ministry at the beginning. Um, it'd be a, pretty impossible to do that under some of the guidelines that are there. Uh, but we would allow uh, parents to bring their children into the service. Uh, we would have guidelines where. You know, people would be coming in and out and you know, pretty much in a straight line. There wouldn't be a, you know, a lobby presence where people are hugging and high-fiving and, and things like that. We wouldn't do our normal hospitality. Uh, that wouldn't be part of phase one. We would make the parking lot the new lobby. We would ask people to you know, stay in their car until somebody could come and, and bring them into the auditorium. And so we, we would practice in many ways guidelines that I'm not seeing out in the public today to to basically have the opportunity to begin to meet back in God's house, which I think is incredibly important for people. And so, you know, we, we just have a, a lot of things the way, you know, um, the way our parking lot will be, the way our greeters will be, and the way we would interact with people, and um, depending on the, the, the face covering rules and as they're established from week to week, we would follow those. And so, um you know, we've been working on this. We have, we already know some churches uh, around the country, great churches, large churches that have already started back up and have had great success from week to week. And we would just love the opportunity to, to, to show the world around us and show the community that the church can be responsible. The church is essential and it's much needed and people need to get back into church. And, you know, I'm just hoping there's someone out there that can speak into our our leaders and help them to realize that that this is something important, not something that needs to happen down the road, something that needs to happen several weeks from now, but it's something that needs to happen soon. And I think it's, it's, like I said, it's quintessential to people being able to get their lives back to where they need to be. We, 
as time goes on, we seem to be dealing more and more with, with just uh, family issues and domestic issues, and those things are rising up. It's because people um, have had some of their liberties taken away. And, and as I read the, you know, not just the Constitution, but the state Constitution, we have every right to meet. And so we, we simply honored uh, what our government has asked, and we want to continue to do that. But at some point, um, you, you got to rise up and you got to begin speaking out and you got to begin um, not allowing the church to be taken advantage of. And, you know, I would, I would certainly hope that's not what's happening. Let me let me comment for just a quick second and then turn it right back to you, Pastor Tim. And if you're just joining the interview, Pastor Tim Chambers, lead pastor, Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township. Here's been my feeling about this as time has gone on especially. I, I do agree with you. In the beginning, everyone was compliant. There really wasn't much complaint. Nobody wants anyone to get sick. No one wants anyone to die. I'm sure there's somebody thinking right now, uh, Harry, say it, say it. Some of the churches that have opened wound up people getting COVID-19, some even dying. I think even some pastors have died. But the whole thought here is this. If liquor stores and all these other things can be open, because you know great thought went into, and maybe not perfect thought, but great thought went into, well, we'll keep liquor stores open because people are going to be locked up. They're going to be, can I say it in front of Pastor Tim, pissed off as hell at, at being out of their job, no money's coming in, waiting for government checks that they hope will arrive. Some people don't even get the checks, and, and some people are still waiting for the checks if they even do qualify. And this goes on and on and on. And so I think the decision was made that people need to be able to get liquor. Uh, in addition, there are people that would be sick if they because they could be addicted and could actually get very sick or even die if if they went cold turkey and did not have the, the ability to imbibe. So the great thought was given there that we better have the, the liquor. Great thought was given in the States with the legal marijuana. We have medical marijuana. Some, as you know, have recreational marijuana, which I'm opposed to. Uh, so we have that component. That's open for business. And then you have what we're winners and losers. You're essential, but Pastor Tim, you're evidently not essential. So I'm with you on this. Um, a church, to me, is you have a right to assemble and you should be given that opportunity to be able to do it. And, of course, you've mentioned all the right things. You wouldn't be reckless about it. And because I, I think I can say this to you uh, very comfortably, you don't want anybody to get sick. Your, your point of opening your church isn't that somebody is going to contract coronavirus or the disease COVID-19. Uh, you want to be able to have people congregate again to be able to go to their house of worship uh, and and be able to do that, and right now that's being taken away. Yeah, and and we've already like our, if you walk into our auditorium, we've already reset up our auditorium to be able to have people separated. Um, we've been thinking about how many services that it would take to make sure that we kept our numbers low enough that none of those issues would arise. I know I heard the governor say yesterday something about ventilation systems, and he mentioned people meeting together for two hours. Well, I promise you we would not have a two-hour church service. We don't anyways, but our services would be limited to, to around 45 minutes um, so as to get people in and out and still accomplish what we need to accomplish. And so uh, I believe there's just a lot of things that, that we can do that aren't happening in other places. I mean, people are going to, 
to, to Lowe's and spending an hour there and touching everything in sight and no one's coming behind them and disinfecting. We would disinfect in between every service and, and, and you know, in a very professional way. And so I, I, I just believe that, that the, the church and, and I believe the church should be responsible and we should raise the bar when it comes to things like that. And it's one of the reasons that we would do all those things is because we, we, we want to have the ability to meet, but at the same time, we want to protect people. And we know that we have liability, um, but, but, but we know that, that we live in a culture that desperately needs their church. And, and, and maybe some people can't understand that. And I, I get that if they're not church people, but there, there are people out there that desperately need the connection. We're made for connection. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they need more than just seeing somebody online. Pastor, know? I want to get a, I want to get a quick break in and then we can go until about 25 minutes past the hour. If you would, because I do have a follow up. I've been surprised, unless I'm missing it, that nobody has filed a litigation. I, I think that somebody should file uh, what's called an order to show cause. You get emergent relief. You you ask the, the Supreme Court. Maybe you have to go through an earlier court first, lower court, uh, to overturn it. It's been overturned in a number of states around the country and deemed to be unconstitutional to keep people from being able to go to their house of worship. I, I think this is winnable uh, in the courts, but nobody nobody has, that I'm aware of has at least effectively sought to do that. We'll be back with the lead pastor of Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township, Pastor Tim Chambers. Respectfully yours with. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Six. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Joining us right at the bottom of the hour, so we have until 25 minutes past the hour with Pastor Tim. We're going to visit with Martin Klein. We have visited with Martin in the past. Martin Klein is the president and the chief executive officer of Seashore Gardens Living Center. And what we're going to be talking about is what is Seashore Gardens Living Center doing differently than other assisted living uh, facilities that you hear about around the, the county, around the country. They've been in business for 102 years. How has that prepared them for the pandemic? Uh, the assisted facilities, long-term care facilities, they've been getting a bad rap because obviously in New Jersey, for example, half of COVID-19 deaths are in, in assisted long-term care facilities. It's a tragedy. It never should have happened. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, we're going to talk about that's not the case at Seashore Gardens Living Center. We're going to talk all about it coming up in just a little bit. Uh, lead Pastor Tim Chambers is the pastor at Fresh Start Church in Egg Harbor Township, great friend of the program, wrote me, I swear I was thinking it, and then he wrote something I already said off uh, during the break, off air, to Pastor Tim, because I wanted to address it when we came back. The exact words he said, I and the pastor will back me up on this, I said it to him. He, uh, pastor, of course, doesn't know that I saw it before I said it to him, but I did say it to him before I saw it. Uh, this friend of the program wrote, Pastor, Hold uh, church, hold mass at Lowe's or Home Depot. And then I said to you, how about in the garden center? Because it's outside. And then my friend writes, hold it in the garden section. It's outside. So it's, it's a joke, but it's kind of interesting that 
and that probably wouldn't work, but just thinking along those lines that they're allowed to be open, but you're not allowed to be open, I really can't think of a legitimate reason why you could be on the boardwalk, you could be on the beach, you could be at a big box store, you could be at any food store. Uh, again, I, I'm never in the business of picking winners and losers. I haven't liked this. You're essential, but I'm not. I'm essential, but you're not. I haven't liked any of that stuff. Uh, but I don't know what it is about churches. If there's not something here that nobody wants to talk about, if there's not some bias or something that the church just seems to get, you know, the the, the short straw here uh, in other aspects of of our daily lives in in terms of the public discourse i almost am believing pastor tim there's more to this than people want to talk about because why are all these other things open but you're being treated like you would be a covid19 death star chamber yeah yeah you know i think i hate to think that that you know places like churches and nonprofits are are being held back because um, you know, we don't provide the same kind of money to the state. I mean, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I, I got to believe that, that if there were more money coming their way, then we might be higher up the food chain. Um, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. I hope that's not part of the decision making. If, if it is, they need to change that real quick because there are a lot of people of faith in the state of New Jersey that need to get back in the house of God. And, and I think sometimes people of faith are sometimes the most patient people, but there comes a time when you got to rise up. And you you got to say it's it's okay to stand up and speak up about what's going on in your community. And I think what's going on in our community is yes, we want to protect people, but everybody is is able to get out there and and do life in different places. Pa- pastor, this is not usually the first thing that a pastor like you would think about to go litigate. But if you believe that rights are being uh, trampled upon and that there's not really uh, a sound justification for all the other things that are open, including now foursomes on a golf course uh, and going to the tennis club, and but you can't go to the health club, and going to you know all these other things we've talked about, but you can't go to church. Uh, what about litigating and just simply challenging that this is unconstitutional? Yeah, I've actually made that phone call and started checking into that last week. Sometimes as a church you worry about the optics, but I think we may be beyond optics. And, and I, and, you know, if I can be a part in, in moving that forward and cause I'm, I'm here to help other churches. It's not just our church. I want to, I want to see other churches open their churches that are struggling financially because of this, that are going to be able to open their doors when this is over. And I think that's a shame because they're being held back. And so, you know, if I, if I can be a part of helping move this forward, I'm absolutely open to taking that step. Maybe it starts in Atlantic County and we can get it moving throughout the state, but you know, we need to do what it, what it takes to get people back in the house of God. And we may not be meeting at Lowe's, but we do have a great announcement coming up this week. I can't say it yet about where we are going to meet and have services next week. So I'm excited about that. We're trying to get the ball rolling and trying to do some things different and be creative as we can. Uh, but the reason I'm on here is I want to try to push the envelope so that we can uh, be in a place where we find ourselves having the freedom and the opportunity that we've been given by our Constitution to worship. Pastor, I want to give you time for a closing comment. We have about a minute, but also when you can uh, reveal those plans, I'd like to help you publicize that. So text me or 
have Alexa get in touch with me uh, because I'd, I'd like to let everybody know. I've been getting a lot of nice comments about you, about the church, and, and I've known about you for quite a long time. Uh, feel privileged to, to do this interview with you this morning. Uh, Pastor, let me give you a closing comment. Hey, you know, we're just the reason we're, we're so passionate about being open is um, our mission is to connect the love of Jesus to the heart of our community. We're constantly trying to serve our community and show them the love of Jesus. And uh, we want to make sure that, that you know, people come to us, they get a fresh start that leads to a great finish. And so uh, we want to do everything that we can to be creatively compliant to what's going on, but we also want to be able to meet in the house of God um, so, that, so that we can be a powerful force in making a difference in our community. And right now we're in a, we've been in the last several weeks in a, in a thing called We Love You, just trying to show our community that we love them in every way possible. We've been feeding uh, the entire rescue mission, uh, taking care of people with addictions, and today we're actually going to a community in Atlantic City and passing out food. So every week we've been involved in this We Love You campaign, uh, just trying to make a difference in every way we can. And so we firmly believe that the church has left the building, and we've always said that, and now it's become a reality. Um, but we want to get back in our building for worship because that's important, and that's where we draw our strength from together as a community. And um, anybody that if you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you come out and visit us sometime. I, I took notes during this. I'll remember for a long, long time, maybe forever, about the difference between essential and quintessential. And also, I love that comment about the church has left the building, but that you also need to get back into your building to worship. Pastor Tim Chambers, lead pastor, Fresh Start Church, Egg Harbor Township. Thank you for your faithful leadership, and uh, keep in touch. All right. Thank you, Harry. Appreciate you having me on. You're welcome, sir. Thank you, Pastor. When we come back, Martin Klein is going to join us, the president and the chief executive officer of Seashore Gardens Living Center, a very important interview uh, because there's just so much to talk about with the bad rap that assisted living facilities are getting broadly painted. Uh, it's just not the case. Uh, you have to look at um, example by example, and we'll share one with you next with Martin, who we visited with uh, in the past. Great, great person, great facility. More than, what, 102, 103 years that they've been in business. We'll be back in just a few minutes. People all over the Jersey Shore have found the easiest way to stay connected to South Jersey's talk station. It's the WPG Talk Radio app. Read free South Jersey news. Listen to your favorite talk shows. Send us pics and videos when you see breaking news. Wake up with the alarm clock feature and win cool prizes in the 1450 Club. It's all just a tap away with the WPG Talk Radio app. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. Joining us now, it's 30 minutes past the hour, is the president and the chief executive officer of Seashore Gardens Living Center. We have visited with Martin in the past. Martin Klein joins us, and we have a lot of important content that we're going to be sharing with you about Seashore Gardens Living Center. Hey, Martin, welcome back. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, Harry. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure to be with you, too. And uh, just by way of opening comment, how, how are things going? Obviously, during a very challenging uh, global pandemic, the likes of which we could never have imagined, we've never, we've never seen before. 
I know. Uh, to say it lightly, it is a bit of a challenge. Uh, not so much for myself, but for our staff and our resident population. It's something that um, most of them have not experienced. And um, we, we just push through, and uh, every day is we make the, make the best of every day. And what this is where I think this is such an important dialogue, Martin, that we're having here this morning, because people hear things nationally from all over the country, what's happening. We know, for example, that in New Jersey, half of COVID-19 uh, deaths of all of our statistics, which are now over 10,000, 5,000 plus are those that were in long-term care facilities, assisted living facilities. That I imagine that has to be very tough uh, if your industry gets sort of broad brush branded with um, with a negative rap that you don't deserve. It, it is, and uh, when you're in the when you're in the uh, steep of it, you you feel it more than anything. Um, each facility uh, operates on its own. Those that are owned by larger corporations or whatever, they may have more than one facility. We're an independent, um, uh, nonprofit home for the aged. We've been around for 102 years, and uh, we try to do the best uh, possible for the residents. Our mission is to take care of the uh, uh, the, the elderly in need, financial need, uh, medical need. Um, and our average age here is 91, which is higher than most other facilities. Uh, we follow nursing home regulations and assisted living regulations, but we're really a home for the aged. What that means is that this is a, a living community where people live for the rest of their life. Years ago when I started, the average length of stay here was in the neighborhood of 10 or 15 years. Uh, now the average uh, length of stay is about three years or less because the residents are older when they come in and they're usually in poor health. Not all, but many are. And um, when you work in an organization such as ours, it's a commitment. It's not just a job. And um, some people call it a calling, some people. And when I do the orientation with the staff, I try to explain in some uh, length uh, who we are, what we are, and what we stand for. So when you hear other facilities not doing well, uh, you can appreciate what it is. It's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, job, and I don't mean that just to say it. It literally is. And um, when we were made aware of the COVID-19, um, we immediately took action. What I mean by that is we were very restrictive on our admissions, and we halted residents coming in, any visitors coming in. And um, oddly enough, I got that from my parents because my parents were old enough to be my grandparents, and they had family who passed away in the Spanish flu or pandemic in the 1917, 1918, and they used to describe to me what would happen and how things were handled. So this was something you might think that uh, lodged in my brain for a long time. Um, so we curtailed admissions and we curtailed uh, people coming in even before we were directed by the uh, Department of Health. Uh, and we follow all um, uh, precautions with sanitation and cleanliness and uh, um, the CDC guidelines, and we're on that 
constantly. Uh, one has to come to the home um, to see what it's all about. For me, just speaking to you, you get an idea, but you really need to come into the facility. And uh, this, that's what we do. Uh, we're, we're at it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We've got a phenomenal staff. Many of our staff have been here over five years. Uh, the leadership of the staff, the, I would say the average length of time, but our department heads, our executive director, Alicia Price, uh, uh, have been here 15, 20 years at a minimum. Uh, I won't even tell you how long I've been here, but I'll give you a hint. I started when, I'm, I, started when I was 26, and uh, the doctor says that I shouldn't be in the facility, so that may give you an indication. Wow, you're very creative with describing that. So, yes, I, could, I can do that math. You did well there. Martin Klein is the president and the chief executive officer of Seashore Gardens Living Center. There are moments of truth in life where decisions are made. That early decision before you had to do it, your your skill set and your, your history and the things that you mentioned, Martin, and that of your team, that you had the foresight to make that call early, that is um that that was a that was a very big decision, I imagine. Right. Yeah, it was. And because anything could have happened. Look, we know that so many people, uh they say eighty six percent or something like that, are nearly asymptomatic. So if you did not tighten you know button things down the way that you did it, it could have been seemingly perfectly normal healthy looking people with no fevers no problems and yet they are carrying the coronavirus so that was a huge decision that you made a smart one yeah and uh, uh, we made uh, right we made that decision and uh, since then uh, you know we've been very strict about what we do and disciplined uh, in our care for the residents uh, we uh, take their vital signs uh, every shift. Uh, every per- staff person that comes in, temperatures are taken by the name and uh, what the temperature is for each staff person coming in. No one is allowed in the home, um, not because we don't want them to come into the home, but we're trying to protect the residents. And uh, those residents that were symptomatic, they're immediately segregated from the rest of the population. Uh, we have some protective equipment. Uh, and uh, we follow all the CDC uh, standards. So uh, we've been doing that, and knock on wood, uh, pray to the person upstairs. Uh, We haven't had any, um, as of this date, we haven't had any um, COVID um, uh, conditions with the residents. There have been a couple with the staff, and they remain removed from uh, uh, working, of course, and uh, their, their home being cared for by their loved ones or uh, their physician or whatever. Um, and we, we just plug it through. Um, the Department of Health has become uh, stringent about their regulations. As a matter of fact, yesterday and the day before, all uh, residents were tested for the COVID. And starting uh, today and tomorrow, all our staff will be, uh, will be uh, tested. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll have a good negative response. Um, and um, our residents right now are somewhat confined. Uh, we allow the residents to walk about uh, outside. Um, they have to keep the you know separation. Uh, we have a fantastic recreation department, and uh, Missy Rundio is in charge. She's been here uh, twenty plus years, and um, we have a number of recreation people that have been very creative 
and their creation, um, they have these little carts that they've designed. So we have the Daily Chronicles, because we can't receive the paper anymore, telling the residents we have a coffee cart, we have an um, ice cream cart, we have a taco cart, uh, we have a love song trivia cart, and a soul train, and uh, they go around. These are decorated carts that each uh, recreation person um, has with the residents. And uh, it's really... It's like living in a in a community here of uh, a lot of grandpops and grandmoms. And at this present time, Martin, are residents allowed to have visitors or still not allowed to have visitors? No, no visitors yeah. are permitted. Um, and and, have- and let me just just the reason I asked that question, I knew the answer to it, but I wanted to delve into it for a quick second because obviously, if you listen to, oh my gosh, this is so this is so hard. People can't have um, look. We we have people that have been passing away, and they they can't even have pro- proper funerals. They have these um, things for maybe ten people, six feet apart, and and if you're lucky, something like that. But at the same time, you want to keep everybody in your community safe. So these are tough times, aren't they? Oh, right. Oh, definitely. We have. Uh FaceTime schedules, we have video schedules, we have Zoom. Um, uh, they, some of the res- some of the families will come by the window uh, if they're on a lower floor with uh, with their resident. Uh, but it's mostly FaceTime. Uh, everybody uh, schedules FaceTime. Uh, Mother's Day, we had uh, uh, ice cream and cake for the, the mothers here, and uh, a lot of, of course, flowers and things came in. Um, so uh, that's what we've done, and we also. Alicia, our executive director, uh, sends out a weekly newsletter uh, to all the families telling them uh, what's going on in the home and what they can do and what not to do and uh, the condition of the residents. And uh, we try to keep as much communication going on our website and uh, uh, other special uh, things we send out. Our guest this half hour is Martin Klein, the president and the chief executive officer of Seashore Gardens Living Center. And we've been promoting this all morning long, Martin, that you would be here. And I've mentioned that Seashore Garden Living Center uh, has been in business for 102 years. And I think you've said a lot of really intelligent things that, that show the background, show the, the length and breadth of the experience. But how has being in business, solidly in business for 102 years, how has that prepared you? How has that prepared Seashore Gardens Living Center for this pandemic. Well, uh, you're ne- you're never really prepared. You know, my uh, my mother used to say to me, uh, uh, "Don't you think it's enough, uh, Martin? Maybe you should try something else." And I really enjoy uh, working with the residents and the staff and and the home. So uh, it's like living in your own house. Uh, when things come about, you have to take care of them, whether it's a, a leak in the roof or whether it's a, a sick family member. Uh, things happen, and you just have to deal with it. Uh, I was uh, never one to push away a challenge, and uh, the staff that we have here have just been fantastic. Like I said, uh, uh, I try to limit my um, my movement throughout the home to some degree, but I'm here seven days a week, uh, not eight hours necessarily, sometimes more, sometimes less. But it's uh, under the situation, you just have to push through, and you have to set the example for everybody else. Um, uh, this, I just can't say enough about the staff and uh, and uh, what they do. Um, 
and, and it's uh, we've had a lot of issues over the years. We've had bomb scares, we've had suicides, we've had uh, storms, uh, we've had evacuations, we've had hurricanes when we were on the island, now we're on the mainland. Um, so over the years, we've had a lot of things, and uh, we just we just deal with them. Um, and try to be prepared as much as possible. And this is certainly unique, and uh, not something you want to go through again. But at least you experience what it is, and uh, try to get to take the positive things out, and uh, see how the, uh, the way that people work together and assist whatever way possible. Sometimes I'm sitting at the reception desk answering the phone. You know, you, you can't be ashamed to do different things here. It's uh, I, the only thing that I don't experience or I haven't done is give out medications because I'm not licensed to do that. But everything else I've done, I've worked a dishwasher, I've repaired things, so everybody else has to chip in. Well, when they see the president and the chief executive officer doing it, it sets a good example. Martin Klein, president and CEO, Seashore Gardens Living Center. We're going to be back in just two minutes. Don't go away. Much more important content straight ahead about Seashore Gardens Living Center. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back to our special program, Seashore Gardens Living Center presents Martin Klein, President and Chief Executive Officer. This is no small question that I'm going to pose to you, Mr. President, and that is that you are a fully registered charity. Obviously, charities are getting hurt all over the country right now in this environment uh, for a lot of reasons. So many millions of Americans are out of work. People that were typically contributing to charities have been in food lines, actually. So we have a lot a lot of moving parts here, but as a fully registered charity, Martin, let me turn it over to you for a comment about that. Well, we've always been a 501c3, which is the Internal Revenue Code number for uh, tax-exempt organizations. We don't pay federal or state income taxes, and for that, we render the service, our service to care for the uh, poor, indigent, uh, or the medically needy uh, uh, elderly person uh, in this community, and we specifically try to take from the Atlantic County area. Uh, that's always been our mission for the last 102 years when we were a small uh, home when we started out. Um, and we're supported by a board of not, of um, uh, folks, men and women, uh, of all denominations. Uh, we have two boards. We have a foundation board and an operating board. And um, uh, they're all volunteers. Nobody gets paid for anything. I, I receive remuneration and hire everyone for the home, and it's my responsibility, along with uh, Alicia Price, our executive director, to uh, operate the facility I'm, uh, like a working president and CEO. Um, and uh, we we receive uh, contributions, whether they're five dollar contributions or whether five thousand or fifty thousand contributions. Uh, the home was started with two very generous people. Uh, with a million and a half dollars, we raised another a million and a half in the community, and we borrowed another thirty million uh, through the government to uh, build our facility. And we pay a mortgage like everybody else, except it's uh, it's charitable. Uh, charitable in the sense that to support the uh, and pay the expenses, we have to receive contributions. And approximately 75% of our resident population are on Medicaid. Medicaid is a program uh, for those folks that don't have uh, any resources 
the state and federal government uh, pay a, a, an amount of money to uh, operate. Of course, it's, it doesn't meet your total operating cost, and we have to make it up through contributions. And that's basically how we operate. Uh, we have those on Medicare, but Medicare is for short-term uh, uh, occupancy here at the home for rehabilitation. And we've been doing this, and it gets harder and harder each year, but we still uh, swing the bat hit the ball and uh, try to make a home run. Uh, we just had a run walk. It was a, uh, uh, wasn't a real run walk, but uh, we were successful in that. We had to delay some of our fundraising. And whatever the community, individuals, or corporations can give us, it's, it's greatly appreciated. Had a lot of donations from uh, personal protective equipment in the way of face masks and things like that. But we're always in need of things. And um, we produce a... a, 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 a uh, he had Boardwalk Times that we get out and uh, on our website has a list of things that we can get and any contribution is greatly appreciated. On a positive note, because there aren't a lot of positives during a pandemic, but the reappreciation, newfound respect, uh, people that were never really called heroes that really were always heroes. And if you don't recall this from the time that we last visited, visited together, I'm a nurse dad. I have so many nurses in my family that we'd run out of the last nine minutes of your show if I started with my mother-in-law on down to my wife's sister and my daughter and my future daughter-in-law and my son-in-law. I could keep going and going and going. So they've always been heroes. But now there is a recognition that whether it's police, fire, EMS, nurses, doctors, anyone that is in this pandemic on the front line, uh, putting it on the line, there is a newfound respect for them. And uh, I just wanted to mention that and maybe have you make a comment about that. Well, it's very true. Um, um, the, the best thing, if, you, if anyone, anyone wants to get in the field, is go into a facility and visit with the residents and visit with the, with the staff and walk through and see what goes on in, uh, within an hour or two. People come in and they want me to brag about the home. And I, I'm not going to brag. I say walk through the home and see what it's all about. That's the best way to do it. When I was in the uh, JCs of Atlantic City, uh, one of the things we did, we were able to have a ride with the police and uh, go on with a police sergeant and see what it was like to be uh, out in the community. And uh, I'm, I'm a person for uh, actually uh, participating in the experience. So uh, see what it's like. You go out in the field and, and do what everybody else does, and then you'll really know what it's about. And um, not enough people want to do that, unfortunately. And uh, to work in this field, you really have to be committed. Martin Klein is our guest, the president, chief executive officer of the Seashore Gardens Living Center. I think in so many words over the past 22 minutes, you've said this, but I want to ask it as a standalone question. What makes Seashore Gardens Living Center different than the other long-term care and assisted living centers? Well, we have a lot of flexibility here. Uh, the board is very supportive. So we're able to act quickly and address changes as the changes come about. And uh, they leave it upon our leadership, uh, Alicia's, uh, Michelle Mantino, our assistant administrator, myself, uh, to make the proper decisions. Now, every decision is not necessarily going to be the perfect one, but we have enough experience that we're able to do that, and we're not micromanaged. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons the home is so successful. And uh, everyone here has a commitment to serve, and that too. We also have colleagues that are similar to us 
Uh, we belong to the Association of Jewish Aging Services, which is a national organization, and Leading Age, which is another national organization and state organization. And we're constantly in contact with those organizations, so we have a colloquialism with with our uh, our professionals, and we're, we communicate sometimes on a uh, weekly and daily basis. If we need something, we just pick up the phone and call somebody that we know that we respect and uh, ask them how do they how do they handle a situation. Uh, fortunately, uh, not, not to pat myself on the shoulder, I'm usually getting the phone calls, but because I've been around for so long. But uh, we're, we're we're always willing to learn. There's nothing that we are not willing to uh, to look into. Uh, and I'm always pushing the staff to to try other ways and try new things. Martin, in terms of the psychology of the the moment, I mean, it's I think very impressive, considering number one how sticky, how um, how contagious this uh, coronavirus uh, is. That you do not have a single patient within. I don't want to jinx you, but it's I think it's pretty incredible after 10 weeks and it's actually been a lot longer than that we're finding out that this was around much earlier than anyone thought so this is uh many many months now where anyone asymptomatic could have just been visiting a loved one come in contact touch things we know the amount of time that um this this can last on different surfaces and so on and so forth i think it's a testimony to what you've been talking about during your program today, Martin, and that is the dis- disinfecting that you're doing, the social distancing that you're doing, the limiting, as painful as it is, of guests, but finding a way to creatively have, uh, like we've all learned, we can have doctor's appointments by video conference and these different ways of, of still being able to have social interaction, which, as you know, is is so important. Uh, but I think that's quite a testimony at this at this late date where we're fortunately in America for two consecutive days, a country of almost 328 million people, we've had less than a 1,000 new cases for two consecutive days. And when you count incubation, that means this has been trending even longer than than we know for, for several weeks before that. So I guess this is a um, r- long way of telling you uh, way to go. Congratulations on that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, thank me. Thank the staff. And I checked our records. We curtailed admission. We curtailed admission. Excuse me. We curtailed the visitors. Uh, was the early part of uh, early part of March. So that was before there was an official. You know, uh, keep keep folks out of the home. Um, and uh, we've been very strict about it. And yeah, you catch a lot of hell, but you got to do what's best for the residents. And that's what we look for is the safety of the residents. Um, Within reason, uh, you know, they're all human beings. They all have uh, feelings once. And like I said, it's a big family. And whatever you see out in the community, we have here. So uh, it's uh, it's an experience. And I'm sure they appreciate Imagine you, you live in a facility where you're hearing these national headlines where they're scaring people. And in our state, yeah. scaring people between New York and us. We lead the uh, the nation in terms of, of issues that are happening in long-term care, assisted living facilities. So to have exactly zero must be very comforting for the residents of Seashore Gardens Living Center. I can only imagine. Yeah, well, Alicia informs the families uh, every week on a, on a weekly newsletter, as I mentioned before. And uh, she, we're very upfront with people. We we try not to hide things. We had some situations with some of our staff that uh, have been ill, and we're not uh, we're not ashamed to mention it. Um, um, but 
this is the world we live in, and we just have to deal with the things as they come along. And hopefully, if we practice what we uh, what we say, uh, things will work out to the better. In terms of uh, the, the pandemic, and then trying to keep things as close as you can to normal, which is very tough when we're in an abnormal environment. Um, the strength of your team, the activities that you have, keeping things as much normal as you can. Is that important, Martin? Very much so. Uh, the residents, uh, for example, uh, when we had congregate fee- uh, meals, which we don't have now, they have to eat in their uh, in their apartments or in their uh, rooms. Um, they had to get the residents had to get dressed. Uh, they couldn't come down and sleep where. Um, uh, and we want to keep the activity, keeping the residents active, is very very important. Um, those folks that are taking care of small children and the parents have to teach the kids at home, they know the difficulties that they're having. So this is no different. And uh, keeping them uh, apprised of what's going on and uh, the activity, it, like I said, our, our um, I would match our activity program uh, with any in the country. It's just phenomenal. Missy and, her, and our staff do a phenomenal job. Final minute, closing comment, Martin. It's gone so fast. I knew it would. Well, I just wish everyone well. I hope we, uh, you know, we don't have any uh, negative um, uh, or, or any COVID uh, residents, and uh, we're just going to try hard and uh, keep us in mind. Uh, don't forget to uh, make a gift to Seashore Gardens Living Center if you can, and please visit with us. Uh, we're open to the public, and we inc- we love people coming through the home um, and seeing what it's all about, and that goes for children as well. Martin, very nice to spend this time with you, and I really appreciate your expertise, that of your team. Uh, we pray for you and, and, and just hope everybody stays safe and healthy and, and that this is over before we know it. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you. God bless. You're welcome, Martin. You too. That's Martin Klein, President and Chief Executive Officer of Seashore Gardens Living Center. When we come back, my good friend, Frank Neal. It is the all-season solar radio program once a month, whether Frank likes it or not. We get together. We have a great time. It flies by. Uh, you know, I, I'm happier than a, than a seagull with a French fry in its mouth right now with my Ponderosa power plant that's just cooking. This is the time of year where you really make it happen. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3 HD3 Millville. What in God's name is he doing? I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Joe Biden is asking that, calling President Trump irresponsible, taking hydroxychloroquine, saying no serious medical personnel would recommend the drug. This is before Biden won another primary on his march toward the Democratic nomination. Now, the president says he and his doctor believed it would be a virus preventive. And as for a study showing hydroxychloroquine was deadly... It was given by, obviously, not friends of the administration. And the study came out... The people were ready to die. Uh, everybody was old, had bad problems with hearts, diabetes, and everything else you can imagine. 
Uh, the president's angry about a mail-in voting plan in Michigan. He calls a path to voter fraud, tweeting this morning a threat to withhold funding, writing it's an illegal, unauthorized move by a rogue secretary of state to send absentee ballots to all registered voters to avoid crowds at public places. Parts of Michigan, meanwhile, are underwater, forcing people to evacuate despite corona stay-at-home orders. Fox's Jeff Manasso has more live. Dave, two catastrophic dam failures 11 miles apart along the Titabawasi River has forced thousands of people to flee their homes in Midland County, Michigan where overnight Governor Gretchen Whitmer declared a state of emergency. Downtown Midland could be under approximately nine feet of water. We are also in the process of trying to evacuate uh, Titabawasi Township, Thomas Township, and Saginaw Township. Several shelters and high schools and family centers were opened up across the region that's been pounded by days of heavy rain. The governor also urging people evacuated to wear masks. Dave. Jeff, Connecticut is the last state to lift corona restrictions today. With those businesses that are least likely to be dangerous, most likely to have a real economic value for the state. Governor Ned Lamont, some retail and offices can open to limited capacity. With social distancing, Connecticut restaurants can have outdoor dining now. America's listening to Fox News. With uncertainty in these times, here's something that is certain. Now save money on your wireless bill with great customer service when you switch to Pure Talk USA. Now plans start at 20 bucks a month depending on how much data you need. All plans have unlimited talk and text. And Pure Talk covers 99% of Americans. They're confident that you're going to love their service. They have a one-month risk-free guarantee, 50% off your first month. Just dial pound 250 on your cell. Say the keyword, save now. Pound 250, keyword, save now. Work at home. Work out at home. Second period math at home. Date night at home. Lately, we're doing a lot more at home, which means we're doing a lot less driving. With pay-per-mile car insurance from Allstate, you get the same reliable coverage you'd expect, but only pay for the miles you drive. Drive less, save more with Allstate. Visit Allstate.com or call an agent for a quote. Price also includes a daily rate, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and its affiliates. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. We had some wicked wind across South Jersey yesterday, several gusts over 40 miles an hour. Today will be just breezy, quite a bit calmer, but still mostly cloudy and cool too. High temperature of only 59 degrees, a slight chance of a shower creeping in from the southwest. Some clearing tonight and cool again, low of 45. Tomorrow, sunny clouds and probably dry, high of 61. Then we'll warm up to near 70 degrees on Friday, but it'll come with increasing clouds and some scattered rain arriving late day Friday. I'm Chief Meteorologist. Meteorologist Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. All by Live vote by from mail the studios balance. of Town Square Media in Northfield. It's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. I'm pumped up. My pal Frank Neal is here, and it is the all-season solar radio program. Uh, Frank has afforded me 30 seconds to open up the uh, the hour with a uh, just a shameless plug of what's going to be happening around here for the rest of the week, and it's going to be really busy. Tomorrow morning at 9.15, Governor Phil Murphy. That's going to be fantastic. We're going to be covering... Pretty much everything you want to know. What's open? Uh, what will be opening, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future? Where do we stand? Memorial Day weekend? Everything. 
uh, in a definitive interview with Governor Murphy tomorrow, a Hurley in the Morning exclusive. Friday, Pete Hegseth from the Fox News Channel, host of Fox and Friends Weekend, does great work on Fox Nation. Uh, he'll be with us at 9.04 on Friday. Gary Aldrich will then do the rest of the hour. And then on Friday, I am guest hosting for Fox News Radio all across America, sitting in for Guy Benson, the Guy Benson Show, from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. We already have set up Judge Andrew Napolitano, I should say Christine, who does a great job, the executive producer, uh, Andrew Napolitano, and Dr. Manny Alvarez, and I'm sure that Christine is booking others as well. So we're going to go into the Memorial Day weekend, uh, 2 a.m. to 6 p.m. shift, because I'm also appearing uh, this Friday at 11 a.m. with Dom Giordano from The Big Talker. I still call it The Big Talker, WPHT out of Philadelphia. We'll be on with him in the 11 o'clock uh, first segment. So busy, busy week in store for us, and we've got a great hour in store for you because Frank Neal always delivers the goods. Let me just tell you a little bit about All Season Solar from my perspective as Frank's broadcasting partner. This is our regular monthly program that happens on this day, every single month, third Wednesday every month. All Season Solar is the official and exclusive solar energy provider for the Hurley in the Morning program. Frank will discuss this hour the latest news and information regarding solar energy, how it can potentially, it has in my case, potential. I was just sharing, Frank, my wonderful news at the Ponderosa Power Plant it can potentially reduce your overall electrical energy costs for the next 20 years and beyond. Frank can provide you with both lease and purchase options. Most people do the lease option because you don't have to pay a penny out of your pocket. Nothing. So that's pretty attractive to say, hey, you could buy tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment or we'll give it to you for nothing as a lease. It's a little hard to say no to. They have the latest state-of-the-art technology that's available today. To schedule an appointment with Frank Neal, 888-832-5050. One more shameless plug. When you call to schedule an appointment with Frank, please mention Harry, Hurley, Hurley in the Morning. Please mention that I sent you because what all Season Solar does for when your system is turned on, the Hurley in the Morning Charity receives a $500 contribution from All Season Solar. And it has been a big part of the college grants that we give out, both here and in Philadelphia. But even the ones we do in Philadelphia are for a Stockton University student. So it's a really big deal. If you went and heard Frank here, but then just called in cold and did not mention that I sent you, we will not get... Because although I am the Nostradamus of the airways, they don't know that I sent you unless you tell them. Frank, I don't think I can under, you know, I can't overstate that. That's important. Absolutely, Harry. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's key to it when, when any of our listeners, and you know what, we've been pretty successful in making sure that that happens. I, I think, I don't believe there's been any, any missteps in that. But uh, if, if they're interested you know, give us a call, and but you need to tell the person you talk to. The, there's a, we have a whole team of people that do that do the appointments for us, uh, and uh, they you know make sure you tell them that you're a Harry Hurley listener, 
and they will put it in the system, and then it's locked in forever. You know. So uh, thank you for that, Frank. Uh, thank it, you. And I have to say this really early on. I I want to both uh, regale, celebrate, uh, apologize to my other wonderful client, Atlantic City Electric, because my bill for the past cycle was. I'll send you a copy of it, Frank. You know I don't lie about this stuff, but my bill was negative two dollars and forty six cents. So how do you do, Mr. Neal? <laughs> that is not uncommon, Harry. Oh. It's not uncommon. But you don't know, uh, when I open that up, because I don't even worry about it, and and this time of year, oh my gosh, and in and, and the next month and beyond, it would have been like $800 a month. Negative, I was expecting maybe like $15, $5, whatever, you know, there's a, you still are a customer, and there's the indigent contribution care that we do and this kind of thing but i opened it up and it said negative two dollars and 46 cents that was a joy it was an absolute delight I had, a conversation, yes, had a conversation yesterday with a customer and uh and, you know this is this time this is kind of a bizarre time as you know for for everybody all the industries all the businesses were we're kind of rewriting the direction of how we do business as we go because this is just it's very bizarre so the, the problem that, that, that we have now is that I can't go eyeball to eyeball with people you know it's all done now over the phone we'll talk about that in a minute but uh, I was talking to a customer yesterday about the amount of savings that they would get and and they just can't get their head around the fact that the solar system is actually replacing the electric company. And I said to this customer, I said, let me ask you something. I said, if 20 years ago, I said to you, now 20 years ago, a gallon of gasoline in New Jersey was about a dollar, a little over a dollar, dollar five, 95, was hanging in the dollar. I said, if I said to you here, sign this piece of paper, and for the next 20 years, I will sell you a gallon of gasoline for $1 for the next 20 years, I said, that would be a pretty smart decision on your part, wouldn't it? And he stopped and he thought about it for a minute. And I said, well, that, that's what I'm telling you right now. I said, even if, even if we would say, because you're paying about 19, 18 and a half, 19 cents per kilowatt hour now to the electric company. Uh, if, if I were to come to you and say, I'll sell you every kilowatt hour you use for the next 20 years for 19 cents, that'd be a pretty good deal. But what I'm saying, what we're saying, is we're going to sell it to you for a lot less. <laughs> Nineteen. We're not going to sell it to you. The 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 lease payments are much uh, less than that, and the savings is enormous because the electric company, as we say all the time, Harry, this is not an indictment against uh, Lenox or the electric or any of the other utilities. But their rates go up every year, and just like everything else, you know, your taxes go up, your rates go up, the cost of a gallon of milk goes up. Uh, and it's just a natural thing. But if you're leasing, you have zero increase in your lease bill. So the advantages are huge. They really are. Uh, but what I wanted to say, bring up, uh, talking about the way we're doing business now, it's no longer prudent to, uh, to have people come in your house. As everyone knows, you, you know, you quarantine. Some people are more adamant about it than than others but the way we're doing business now is really over the phone and we're able now to to deliver the proposals we're able to show you everything to walk you through the process walk the customer as we normally do face to face we can now do 
over the phone and with the person on their tablet or laptop or whatever they have uh, and share it with them that way. And you know what? I'll tell you, in the beginning, it was it was really bizarre because I, I as you know, I enjoy being around people and, you know, like communicating and looking into people's eyes. You can read what, you know, what's going on in their, in their head sometimes. Uh, of course you can't do that now, but, uh, it's become, it's become something that everyone is now accepting as, okay, I have a 10 o'clock appointment to get a phone call from Frank Neal or whatever, you know, whatever time it is. And, uh, and it's been, it's been very good. It's been very, very, uh, very interesting, actually. Have you done, is it by phone exclusively, or have you done any FaceTime or Zoom or any video chatting? It's Zoom. Okay. It's all on Zoom. Yeah. But I would, what we do, what we do is uh, uh, make, get, get them on the phone. It's easier to do it via telephone than it is on Zoom for us. So we have the phone and Zoom. So that way they have their own speakerphone. The husband or wife can be there or whomever, uh, you know, is is interested in the system. And we walk them through it just like we would, exactly like we would if we were sitting in front of them. So, Hey, Frank, first break. That little uh, tweet sound that you heard about a minute ago was me texting you. One of your fabulous clients sent me an email and uh, through Pony Express, I have forwarded it from him to me to you. So you have it, one of your great clients that is very close to what I call that glorious day when your system is turned on. This guest listener is very, very close. So, Frank, check that out during the break. We're going to be right back. A reminder, you're listening to Frank Neal. It is the All Season Solar radio program, 888-832-5050. To schedule an appointment, please make uh, mention of Hurley in the Morning, Pretty Please, and a reminder, I say this to you pretty regularly, that I wouldn't ask you to do what I haven't already done. You know, there used to be an old expression, I wouldn't ask you to do anything I wouldn't do. Well, that that to me is not even proving you're bought into the concept. That's like just saying, hey, you do it first, and maybe I'll follow. Uh, no, no, I created my own line for that, and I don't ask you to do something I haven't already done. And I will tell you, it's one of the great decisions that Margie and I have ever made, and that is our creation of the what I call the Ponderosa Power Plant. I don't know what possessed me to wait an extra period of time, which I don't even remember how long it was. I could have waited two extra years. Just, just I don't even know why. I couldn't explain it today, knowing what I know now. Uh, so give Frank a call. It's no obligation. Frank will tell you as this hour goes on, uh, there's no heavy sales push or anything. You're going to know it. It's going to be self-evident. Either it's right or it's not right, and you will know it, and Frank will explain uh, what they do at All Season Solar every step of the way and using technology during the pandemic to uh, still provide excellence in service and quality of product. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. With Frank Neal, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 